Hello. Let's call it back. Uh, okay. <laughs> this time, let's say something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello? Um, um, you suck! That was pretty funny, Beaver. Thanks. State New York. This is the Slam Tilt Podcast, a show about all things pinball. I'm your host, Ron Hallett, here with my co-host, Bruce Nightingale. Hi, I'm your sexy phone voice. You want to have sex with me? Press 1 for live phone sex. Press 2 to give me your credit card. Wow. What what an <laughs> intro there. That was incredible, Bruce. It is, isn't it? Yes. If, if you remember from our previous episode, uh, this past Saturday was the Silver Ball, one, one anniversary. Anniversary number one. And uh, how did it go, Bruce? It sounds like it went pretty well. It was a madhouse. Uh, Ron was there for an hour and a half. I didn't get to say hi to him except for hi and bye. Mm -hmm. It was the busiest we ever were. It was very nice seeing all of our friends and family came out. and I'd like to thank everyone very much it was really nice oh my yes yes and bruce was yelling a lot so yes hence his voice is totally shot yep so it's gonna be me in the background today mm -hmm. and this is episode 119 we are at the third flash this week so the third flash what's the third flash bruce it is the ram check the 5101 ram chip at u8 or u8 and u13 on stern mpu 200 boards Yes, it is. So that is uh, our third flash. But we're not alone this week. No, we're not. We have a guest. Tell us who we have, Ron. We have Jim Swain of the Sanctum. Hi, Jim. Hello. How are you? Whereas most people Where's... just call him Jim Sanctum, it seems. At least on the forums, it's always just Jim Sanctum. <laughs> you are synonymous yeah. with the Sanctum. I don't mind that. So why it's a good you... thing. It's a good thing. So why don't you tell us, uh, I'll use the Bruce line, what got you into this crazy hobby? Uh, same as everybody, you know, kid playing his games. Uh, I think big game was the first game I played. and used to play in bowling alleys and everything. And then one day you figure out, hey, I can own one of these things. And it's all downhill from there. And that's it. There. Thank you, Jim. Um, next, we that's will. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so how did they, for those who don't know, there was a location in Connecticut called The Sanctum. It's a uh, hotbed of pinball in the New England area. And they have the 24-hour the tournament once a year. So why don't you tell us how that all got started? Um, I moved to this state about eight years ago. I came from Maine, and I actually didn't even know who JR was or any of the people up there yet. Um, I hadn't really discovered the hobby side of the uh, aspect of everything. It was just playing, at, you know, the pizza places and stuff like that. Um, so I moved to Connecticut, started uh, finding a few people here and wanted to uh, do some leagues or something. So we started playing some leagues 
Um, a friend of mine started the uh, Sandy Hook Arcade after the uh, stuff that happened there to uh, give a free place for kids to hang out. And uh, so we started doing some stuff there with him, um, just helping out him. And we ran a season of uh, the NEPL, the New England Pinball League there. And then uh, that was a temporary place anyways. And then from there, we uh, moved to a friend's garage and had a season there. And um, and then Mike over at Automated Services, the pinball store here, um, he actually lent us his showroom for a season. And at that point, we just kind of got tired of uh, bouncing around from place to place. So a couple of us got together and said, you know, we've all got games. Let's let's find a cheap place and uh, put them all in there. And, and, you know, we can run our leagues and everything else out of there. And it's just kind of grown out of control from there. How did you find the location? It's, a, it's an interesting building. It, it is a very interesting building. When we first started, we were just thinking, you know, we were using people's garages a lot. So like, all right. Let's see if we can find like a cheap storage unit somewhere and, you know, rig up some power or something just to, you know, once a week, meet up a few people and play games. And uh, that wasn't really panning out. And then uh, we just briefly started looking at commercial properties and just found that place. And it was just like, All right, yeah, this is perfect. They don't care what we're doing here. And, you know, we're not going to bother anybody. And um, yeah, it's just it's worked out really well for us there. We got pretty lucky with the location, I think. And they have freight elevators, which is always a good thing. Yes. <laughs> Very handy. Loading docks and freight elevators. And it's you have not always been in the same place in the building. You have moved at no, least we, once. Yes, we were on the third floor, which was very brutal. It, it gets to be like in the 90s up there consistently. And uh, the roof isn't the greatest either up there. There's many, uh, there's many roof leaks. <laughs> and then we moved down to the second floor from there. Um, we ran a small Kickstarter cause we were outgrowing that space and, uh, the community, you know, really pitched in and really helped us and, um, made it so we were able to set up a unit on the uh, second floor, um, with the electrical and everything we needed for, for what we were doing. What was the size of the original, the original area? Uh, the, the original area was about a thousand square feet and we're at 21 or 2200 now. So the, um, the 24 hours at the Sanctum would be rather difficult, probably impossible in the old location, I would assume. Well, we did it the first year we did it was up there, and it was uh, 1,000 square feet. We said, all right, let's try to see if we can get 40 people. And we did eventually manage to find 40 people to do it, and uh, we had a good time. Not everybody knew what they were getting into going into it at all. Um, some people didn't realize they had to be there all 24 hours. And then the second season, we were in talks with the building of moving to the second floor already. And we were supposed to be in our, you know, 2,200 square foot unit. And so we said, all right, let's try to expand it and we'll go to 64. And the people that were in that unit were going through um, some probate courts and stuff like that for liquidating all the assets. And we weren't able to get in there in time. So we were stuck in the thousand square feet with 64 people and 30 machines. But we, uh, we managed to plow through it. And then uh, shortly after that, we were able to move down to the other unit. So how did the whole 24-hour thing start? Because it just seems like this insane concept. What sane person would want to do that? There was a, a group of us. Um, we were hanging out at um, Chuck Webster's uh, Wicked Pissa Pinball Pit Tournament in the summer that he used to throw every year. And uh, we were just hanging out in the backyard and talking. It was a group of us, uh, me, James Calcia, and some other people. And we were just uh, like... It'd be ridiculous if, you know, 
get people to play for 24 hours. And it was a joke. And we didn't really think too much of it. And then, you know, we went back and started thinking about it a little bit stronger. And uh, Mark and I started really like trying to think of a, is there a format that people could play that whole time? And even if you could, like what would get them to play that whole time? And uh, I think we, we managed to hammer out something uh, fairly decent as far as a, a format. And the format is match play. Yep. Very similar to Pinburg. Basically, yeah, it's like three games definitely. instead of four. Yep. And uh, less breaks. Yes, less breaks. That is true. It is, it's basically playing the whole weekend of Pinburg in one 24-hour lot. And it is quite insane. It is quite insane. It is. And it, it, it surprised me that as many people want to do it, do want to do it, and keep coming back to do it. And uh, it's a nice little like family almost now. Yeah, it's like was it a hundred max? Yeah, that you go in there now. Like, walk me through like what what is the typical preparation for that event? Because you have like there's you you pick like banks of games. Yeah, because it's not like not like not like every single game there is is in a bank or is, or no, is used for the twenty four hour. We don't have the perfect collection like you know Papa does to pick you know uh, of every area. We're gonna have one modern dmd or lcd and then you know an early 90 you know so what we go we just go through and we look at our games and i'll write a list down of you know one through 47 this is the longest playing game this is the quickest playing game and then i'll divide those into three groups you know so top third middle third bottom third and then from there i'll pick you know all right we're gonna say pick iron maiden iron maiden is a long playing game so we're gonna give it something from the the second tier that's going to be a little bit shorter to try to balance it out and, and just kind of work through it that way until we think we've got games that are going to, you know, play in similar, similar lengths. So nobody is, you know, on a bank for two hours when another group's done in a half hour. Um, so, you know, we try to work out the banks and, you know, just a lot of game preparation, really. Luckily the games are played competitively every week. So we, we have an idea of what's going wrong with the games, but there's always wonderful stuff that pops up. So, you know, the week or two before that, we'll just start really dialing in the games and getting all those little pesky things that get left behind every week, you know, try to get some of the light bulbs that are dead and, you know, little stuff like that. How about other preparation, like, you know, making sure there's enough uh, water? I notice, <laughs> you know, there's just, there's a table just so, full of water, you know, that, that to keep changing it, putting it in the uh, the water cooler, all yeah, that, like every, the trash and all that kind of stuff. Every year we've definitely run out of water and every year we get more water and we still run out of water. And at three o'clock in the morning, it, there's not much you can do. But this year I found there is a place down the road. It's a 24 hour spring for 25 cents a gallon. You can fill five gallon jugs. So this year we did not run out of water. We made a run in the middle of the night. I think we went through, I don't know. Let's see, we got 13, like 15 to 20 five gallon jugs of water in 24 hours people are definitely staying hydrated um luckily we have dumpster facility there so trash isn't too much of an issue um you know we, we warn some of the local uh we lo- warn the local pizza guy that he's probably going to get a little hammered saturday evening we uh we set up a food truck to come in uh midday saturday and try to uh everybody kind of stocks up a little bit before the uh, long haul hits you know once you hit 10 o'clock everything kind of shuts down and You've got to be prepared for the uh, get through to the wee hours in the morning. And then uh, one of our players, Matt, who uh, helps run the sanctum with us, him and his wife, um, get up in the middle of the night and start preparing a wonderful breakfast buffet for everybody 
about, you know, I don't know what time they come four or 5 a.m. this year. Yeah. Something like, yeah. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely a nice little uh, boost to get through the last stretch there. And you, it's, it's you and um, Mark Harvey. Yes, we are, we're the two, we're the two tournament directors. Um, the first two years we played and ran it and then realized that it's just, it, it's too much. So then the, uh, the next two years, it was just, uh, we just, just straight tournament directors. And, uh, this year we actually, um, brought on, um, Jake Erskine from up in Maine. He actually volunteered to help be a tech for us. So he, he was there the whole 24 hours just as a dedicated tech, um, just, uh, diving into games and uh, dealing with those and trying to get those going again before the uh, next round starts. And luckily we didn't have to make too many substitutions this year for swapping out games. He was able to really, he really helped us out just uh, getting games going and back online. And I noticed, I mean, there's players from as far away as like California come to this, to this tournament. And um, I played in it to my utter surprise and amazement. (laughs) I had a chance you might get in there. I, I knew one person had had, can't, had to cancel uh, late Friday night. So I knew there was going to be two spots open in the morning. Um, and uh, Kenny, who got in ahead of you, he was already there waiting. So his spot was given in. And then uh, somebody was texting me in the morning. They were trying to drive in, and they had car problems. So they were going to possibly miss the first round, but then eventually they realized they weren't going to make it at all. So I knew that uh, our local player, Andy O, was getting in because he was at the top of the list, and he told me he was coming. And then uh, by chance, we had somebody else show up, and I can't remember who it was now. I think he was a Canadian player, and uh, people were surprised he wasn't there, but I don't know what happened. I would like to thank him, whoever he was. (laughs) It was Joe Servino. That's it. I would like to thank you, Joe, if you listen. Uh, Hopefully nothing bad happened to you. but um, That's true. Yeah. Do you really want to thank him, though? Did you really want to play? Um, I wasn't. I was half prepared to. Like I, I brought my granola bars and all that stuff. But I, uh, I was in a hotel room with with Zach and Steph, and I, they they were in, so I just slept on an air mattress. I figured if I don't sleep well, who cares? Because I'm probably not. You know, I'm not getting in anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't really sleep well. But then I got in. <laughs> it's like oh shit. So, so I, I don't, I, I don't think I was as definitely not as prepared as I was the previous year. But I mean, I made it through fine. I didn't play well. I sucked. It was terrible. Bruce played much better, right, Bruce? Yes, I did. I was, I enjoyed myself very much. So you're gonna sign up again next year, right? Oh, oh yeah. The the hardest part is, of course, uh, is with the bar. Yes. Yeah. So if people want to, if you have any suggestions for making what you guys have done, which is almost like a partnership, maybe you should go into a little bit of that. Like, how did you get started with the Sanctum and how did you guys work out some of the nuances to make it work for you guys? We, I, I feel pretty lucky in the situation. Um, I've talked to many people who wanted to do it or looking to do it and, for us, I mean, uh, Mark and I got together and started and we brought in a couple of the players that were, um, you know, coming to all of our events and were dedicated to the things we were doing. And it was it's just a group, you know, definitely find people that you just work well with that it, all the little things don't matter. You know, we just the games there are a mix of my games, Mark's games, uh, John's games, math games. 
Um, we own some of the games together. And, you know, if something needs to be fixed, it just gets fixed. We don't worry, oh, that's Matt's game. Wait until Matt fixes it or whatever the situation may be. Um, so it definitely finding the group of people that you want to do it with, I think, is the number one aspect. You find the right people and the rest is easy. You know, when we started off, we just we were like, all right, we're going to get a space. It's going to cost, you know, us X amount of dollars a month. We're just doing this because we love doing it. We want a place to play and see everybody every week. And, you know, our rent costs this much and we're going to ask, you know, people to donate this much when they come in every week. If it covers our bills, great. If it doesn't, there's four of us and, you know, everybody had no problem just pitching in whatever, you know, the remainder of the rent was. We're lucky at this point where, you know, we've got enough of a following that, you know, it pays all of our utility bills. And, you know, we're not really pitching in too much of our own out-of-pocket money every month, you know, besides, um, you know, some of the game stuff that we need to take care of. Um, so find the right people. You know, people that have games and are are willing to let people play the games. So many people now don't want people playing their games. Um, and, you know, just make sure that everybody that's wants in has some sort of skill that they can bring to the table. If it's a guy that's got four games but doesn't know how to work on them and doesn't know how to do anything else, it, it only goes so far. You know, you can have 100 people donate games to you, but you can't take care of all of them yourself. Um so yeah, find the right people, you know, find a place that, you know, it, we, we're not too restricted. We can be there whenever we want to be there. Um, noise isn't an issue. You know, we're not in some uh, shopping plaza where there's noise ordinances or anything like that. Um, yeah. And just, uh, you know, the, the community, it's all about the local community. We have so many people that aren't necessarily directly part of the sanctum, but help us out every week. You know, we got some people that will you know, Monday nights, they take the trash out or, you know, if we're, if I'm not running something, you know, because I'm out of town and somebody else is opening up, then, you know, one of our local players will just run a casual tournament that night to, you know, just to keep everybody uh, happy and playing. Um, it's the community. It's the community that we've grown here is just amazing. Um, if you find the people and build something, like, they will come. It's just, uh, it's what happens. So if I'm happen to live in Meriden, Connecticut, where the sanctum is, and I just find out about this. What's the usual uh, schedule? Like, when do you guys open? Uh, Monday, every every Monday night, except for, you know, major holidays, like, you know, Christmas, Memorial Day, stuff like that. Uh, we're open, uh, doors open at 6.30. Um, I usually close the doors somewhere between midnight and 1 o'clock. And we start, we'll, we'll always have a tournament or a league going on. Um, if we're in league season, um and, you know, we'll run for eight weeks. And then uh, if we're not league season, we'll have, you know, knockout tournaments and stuff like that. And uh, those always start at like uh, 730. Um, door, so doors at 630, we'll start a whatever tournament or league we're running at 730 and then uh, eventually kick everybody out at by one o'clock. You have an interesting league name. I, because originally <laughs> they had the New England Pinball League. But I think when, yes. when the um, Pinball Wizards Arcade closed down, a lot of stuff kind of started to get splintered. Yeah, we used to, our league used to run around 200 players and it was set up to everybody was invited to finals as long as you played enough weeks. Um, and that was at Pinball Wizard. They had 100 machines. Um, space would definitely get tight, you know, but everybody was invited. And, you know, some seasons we'd have 130, 140 players show up for finals. And uh, it was a bit chaotic, but we, uh, we managed. And when they finally... Uh, couldn't uh, get their leases renewed properly and everything and then decided to close up. Um, things started changing. So we tried some uh, format changes and um, we were the next biggest facility around. 
So we would run finals. But as far as a New England league goes, you know, you got players in the middle of Maine that need to come all the way down to Meriden for finals. It's it's a bit of a haul. Um, so it, it, it wasn't the, uh, the best situation. Um, so things started getting a little disjointed there and trying to figure out new formats and stuff like that. And uh, it got to a point where the league was getting very, very big. Um, there's a lot of locations. Us alone in Connecticut, we were running, you know, 50 players a season, if not more. Um, and I was just like, you know, maybe it's time that we, uh, we just kind of separate from the new England league and try to do our own thing down in this little area and, uh, make it a little more convenient for players down here. And the name of the league is it's the crap league, the crap league. That's C R A P and stands for Connecticut, Rhode Island area pinball. So we, uh, we do similar to the new England league. Um, it's us in another location, RIP. And um, I believe it's West Greenwich, uh, Rhode Island. And so we run similar, similar format. And then, you know, we play the eight weeks and then uh, everybody, you know, you can play at either location once, you know, but just one, one place per week. And then uh, we have a finals at the Sanctum every uh, end of every season. We do about three seasons a year. Finals at the Sanctum. It sounds so good. You know where our finals are going to be? Our finals are going to be at the Excelsior Pub like they always are. Now we're going to get to play the two games that I always play. Isn't that great? I can't imagine that's too enjoyable. Uh, the thing is, our league is growing. We well, have like good. we have like 13 people now, but we're playing the same two games over and over. Well, you get enough people, I think uh, maybe you can start pushing for some more games over there. Uh, maybe you have it at your house, Ron. I've already offered twice. so I know, but you really pushed the point. I'm not a pushy type of guy. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> so, let's see. Um, what else is going to add? Well, oh, well, the two games we have at uh, my league are Simpsons Pinball Party and Twilight Zone. So the question everyone wants to know is, are those games better than Viper? Uh, let's see. You know, I, I really want to enjoy Simpsons, but I, I just I can never can never get far enough in that game to really enjoy it the layout just it's not a fun shooting layout i'm gonna pick viper over simpsons all right i but i will i'm sure bruce is gonna hate me saying this but i will give twilight zone over viper sinner sinner (laughs) (laughs) i I agree i agree i'll I'll give them i'm totally opposite of you guys you'll take viper over both of those no simpsons over viper and then viper Uh, over Twilight Zone. Twilight I, maybe Earth. I just need more on uh, more time on Simpsons. Maybe I need one in my house. You do. Do you have any games at your house? Even though you have uh, fifty games plus at the Sanctum. I, I I have too many in my house. Most of which are the non-working, broken games that I'm trying to bring back from the dead. Um, but I did manage to set up a small little bank of games. Um, I moved into a new house not too long ago, so um, I have currently set up Bally Atlantis. A Gottlieb Duotron, Stern Stingray, Lord of the Rings, a Pennant Fever Pitching Bat, mm. one, of the, one of the only system eights. And yep. um, I did have Elvis, but I just actually took it out to put it up in a uh, pop up art gallery for the uh, month of December. Oh, there you go. Excellent. So I, I always mention Viper because we, we had a whole. 
we had a whole segment on Viper a few episodes ago. Uh, I, I've softened on Viper a little bit, uh, and that's People one thing. People slowly come around. Yeah, it, well, that's one thing you have over Papa. You have that over Pinberg. Pinberg, you can't play a Viper, but you can no, play a Viper true. at the Sanctum. So how'd you, how'd you get that thing? I, you know, I, I actually stumbled upon it. It wasn't even, I wasn't searching it out. I mean, I wanted one eventually trying to get all the turns, but the, um, there's a guy, a local guy who's got a large collection of games, but he prefers the older games, you know, EMs and stuff like that. Um, see him at Allentown. You guys might know him, Alex Nagy. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he's in the area and, uh, a couple years ago I had made a trade with somebody and ended up with a, um, Gottlieb sure shot. I didn't really care for it, but it was something I acquired in the trade. And I had it at Allentown. I just set it up on the floor, and he was asking about it, and he wanted it. And I said, well, what do you have? And he mentioned he had some classic stirrings. I said, all right, what, which ones? And he said, no, I think I got a Viper. So we worked out a trade for uh, Sure Shot for Viper. Hmm. I was happy. What do you like about Viper? What is the appeal? I, I mean, the backlash is something that you just – it's – bizarre and i love it and gameplay people don't people don't want to understand it i think um you know people go crazy about bonus or uh play field multipliers rules now that game had play field multipliers back in you know whatever 1980 and uh i think they they work well i mean if you're if you're not collecting the the play field multipliers you're not going to get any points but if you do you'll get them and that's viper folks yeah, I like the game. It's just hard. It's very hard. It, the 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 design of it, the flippers are are very flat, very low. Um, you can't trap up very easily. You're, you're kind of forced to play on the fly a little bit, and it's you know there's not a lot of safe shots. So does Jim hate us because we've increased the values of Stern electronic games? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm trying to collect all the sterns, and I stupidly a couple of years ago I had a sea witch, and it was it was very in subpar condition. Um, but you know I made it play perfectly fine, and I said you know what let me let me move this on. I'll get another one eventually. Well, I sold that one for eight hundred dollars, and good luck finding a sea witch for eight hundred dollars again. Yeah, it's hard. I think I remember that sea witch. Did it have like? Yeah, I was missing a missing an insert, like it had mylar over the insert or yes. something. Okay, so yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the way it came. When I bought it, I didn't even realize it. Um, wow. The thing is, but, it still played fine. Yeah. I mean, it's it, Sea it, you, you know. It didn't affect it at all. I mean, so. But uh, the underside of that, underside of that game was um, fairly rough under there. Well, if you ever get tired of that pinball you have, that Stern pinball, yes. just let's let yes. us know. Well, if I find a better condition one, I'll let you have that one. But okay. There you go. I'm holding on to that one. We Love like that game. Stingray, same ROMs, right? Yes. Yeah. Same exact ROMs. Doesn't play as well, though. No, it does no, not. No, no, no. It does not. Uh, now, it's not just the 24-hour battle. It's not just the crap league, but there's also the Pintastic Tournament. You guys run True. that, too. Why don't you tell us how that happened? Um, the two people that organized Pintastic, well, there was... Two people to start, um, Gabe and Derek, they were, uh, you know, just starting off out of nowhere. They, you know, they enjoyed Allentown so much. And one of you just said, let's try to make a show. 
and they went big right out of the gate. They they didn't hold back at all. Um, and the first year, I think they went a little too big, um, but they uh, they were just looking for somebody to run a tournament, and we had the facility, and we were prepared to you know running big events. Um, there's definitely tons of people in New England area that run um, events. I think we were running some of the bigger events at the time, so they just came to us and asked if we want to do the tournament. I said, sure, why not? Um, you know, it's not too far from us. So we, uh, we locked into that and, and we've been doing it for, I think the past year was the fourth year. Um, so yeah, they just asked us to do it. We agreed to do it. And, uh, I don't know, it's fun doing it. It's a, it's a different, it's changes pace. Um, it's definitely harder than running things at your own facility. Um, trying to truck games and make sure they play perfectly there, make sure you've got everything you need on hand to keep the games going and everything like that. But, um, you know, we run that the same way um, the Papa format used to be. And I think uh, it's definitely polarizing. Some people enjoy the format. Some people miss it. That Papa doesn't use it anymore. Or Papa doesn't actually happen anymore. It did not happen this year. Um, but, uh, I don't know, I think people like it. We, we do a different finals format. We do um, a big head-to-head bracket, single uh, or best of five um, head-to-head uh, single elimination. Um, I, I enjoy the head-to-head competition. It's a uh, makes for some really uh, intense battles. I like watching those, um, uh, especially on a stream. I think head-to-head plays out a lot better. I will always be a fan, especially with All the right. results of the first Fantastic. I will always okay. be a fan. You were the first ever winner. Yes, no one can take that from me. I, I was in full 747 mode, as in playing over <laughs> my head. I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, and it's funny that they, they they never mention like when they talk about tournaments that use the old Papa format. They usually talk about, you know, like the Pittsburgh Pinball Open. They'll talk about yeah. in disc. What's now they're doing it, but they don't really. They never mention Fantastic, which is funny to me because you I mean you guys have been doing that for four years now, and it's yeah. been the same every year. So if you want your fix of the old format, the card based entry based format. Come up to uh, or down, depending on where you live. Too fantastic. Yes, I highly recommend it. It's a great show. We have a great time. Um, there's plenty to do there for everybody. How do you usually pick the games for that? Um, so far, we go through our collection, and we have not used the same game uh, more than once. So we've had um, four years of it, so we've used 48 different games so far. So next year we got to find another 12 games that are also different. Uh, but we try to mix it up. We, I, you know, I don't want a tournament with, you know, 10 Sterns in it or all Bally DMDs um, or all EMs. You know, it's it's card-based thing. I want something that everybody can play. We don't run a classics tournament on the side. We just dedicate all our effort into the main tournament and, you know, encourage everybody to play in that. So we just – we stick with that. And so we try to make the the bank of games – um, reflect everybody's skill set, but not give it so that, you know, um, you know, you got to pick five games out of the 12. I don't want to have five EMs in there. So some guy who is amazing at EMs can just go and play all the EMs and never have to play any of the other games or somebody with, uh, that just loves the new Stern games. I'm not going to have five new Sterns in there so they can just hammer on those. You know, there may be three games in your wheelhouse that you're confident on in your favorite era, but then you're going to have to pick two wad balls that are just not something up your alley. And, uh, prove that you can play those games as well. When you uh, collect the list of those games, do you like write down, okay, which one of these is Eric Stone going to destroy? 
Because <laughs> uh, yeah, every year it's like Scorpion, the one year it was like Dirty Harry, like certain ones that yeah. just get ridiculous uh, scores on. Yeah, I think Transporter. He was also on that this year with some crazy scores. Um, usually, he ends up finding a bug in a game for us. Um, this year, I I didn't know about it. Apparently, a few people did the Judge Dread bug, um, where you can pretty much infinitely play uh, Final Challenge, which. I didn't know it was possible, but that's just definitely the way the game is coded, and it, it yeah. does eventually end in certain scenarios. Because so. that and happened in a match between Eric Stone and uh, our own Zach. Yes, yeah. And then, yep. if, if I recall, you actually went through and just simulated to see if it would do it again, and it did. Yeah. It wasn't like the game freaked out or anything like that. It is coded. So if you, if you play through, I think it was, if you do, if you do the multi-ball, play get all four judges and then start final challenge play through it then do all the modes and play final challenge then it's lit infinitely for the remainder of the ball um and then when you drain start of the next ball it will also be lit but it will only play out one time once you drain out of it that time then it turns out finally so maybe we can get a soren on that to fix that one yeah because the play field is that's a fun play field I enjoy it. There's definitely a few things about it that um, the upper area, there's a lot of shots, that, like the blackout ramp. There's really no need to shoot that blackout ramp except for blackout mode. Um, and there, you can have some really good fun combos shooting up there, looping and crossing over and stuff like that. But it's it's not really worth anything. Where's Radical? Where's <laughs> my Radical? <laughs> uh, Mark did just get a Radical back. I believe he's putting it in the bar in Westerly, Rhode Island that he runs uh, called Flipside. So I think that's where it's living currently. Okay. And make sure it has Soren software on it, which fixes a ton of issues. Those ROMs were burned about three weeks ago for it. Nice. Excellent. So yeah, those those ROMs definitely look like a a good improvement on the game. And one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, you are also an excellent player. We should should bring that up. Well, I, I... I think a lot of it just comes from playing in so many events because you run so many events, you know? It it tends to inflate numbers, I think. Okay, so you suck. All right, I put that down. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I, when I compare myself to a lot of the local players we have here, um, they they can routinely kick my butt every every week. Um, I mean, I think if you... Uh, were you guys at... No, you didn't come out to the, uh, the pre-tournament, but uh, we have this 11-year-old kid that plays every week ashton and he crushes all of us he came third in the pre-tournament you know um i i, I know ashton yeah he used to be on tim's stream all the time he was yeah and he was at the first stop yes yeah, that's right and he commented when i was when i won it's like well there are his games <laughs> so that's why <laughs> that i remember exactly ashton. Like yes <laughs> it's like what do you expect they're his games like well he's got a point so let's so since we did this segment, let's do it for Jim here. Although I don't have any games actually in mind, but I'm sure Jim does. Game you like, game you hate. Give All us right. a game you like. Game I like, Stern Elvis. It's one of my top games. Really? Um, it is. I, I mean, theme does a lot for me. I, I, I definitely enjoy Elvis a lot, but the layout... Um, you know, it, Steve Ritchie, I think he, he did a great layout there. It's not too much like one of his, you know, it doesn't remind me of, 
it's not exactly Spider-Man or Star uh, Star Trek or anything like that. Um, but it's it's a it's a well laid out layout. Um, the rules, which were done by Dwight, but still done very well. I, there's no one way to play that game. Um, you kind of want to go for everything. There's no reason to just sit there and play Jailhouse. You know, you can get points out of it, but you're not going to get great points out of it. You know, you want to you want to go through the whole game. Um, and I think they did a great job with the uh, the whole theme with Graceland and everything. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the game a lot. It's one that won't leave my collection. Now, game you hate. Um, man, there's definitely some out there that I that I hate. Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> you know, I'll give uh, I'll give Bruce some love. Gottlieb Dragon. I like a lot of the system ones, but Dragon just it looks cool, and you want it to be good, but it's just nothing is fun to hit on that game. Agree. Bruce will agree with any. So, Bruce, any new games that you hate lately? <clears throat> we know you hate Dialed In now, and you hate TNA. Yep. See, TNA is a good game. No, it's not. It is. It's not. You can pick them up cheaper and cheaper now. All, what, three of them that have gone for sale? Oh, there's a lot more than three. Brian Broyles was, hard, was trying to sell his, and he was. Begging people at fifty six hundred. I don't know. That's it's going down, baby. I like it in co op mode. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. We definitely have players that'll do that. I'll catch them all the time. <laughs> I really don't like it as as the in a four person match. Just the, the lock stealing just gets annoying. Just gets really annoying. It does. I mean, if they if they do steal the locks. They, it's a lot of it's a lot of chopping to get back into a second multi ball for that ball, so it's a little discouraging. But I mean, it's only three shots to start up in multi ball again if somebody stole your locks. Any more hate, Bruce? I'm always hateful, you know me. Okay. Any any love? Any new loves? Oh, I got blackjack back, so that's a good that's a return to the love. I played it at the sanctum, and then one fell into my hands again. So boom, had to get it. That was a great game that surprised us. It's one of the, one of the, uh, might have been the first game that we uh, bought as a group uh, before we even officially started the Sanctum. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's that and Globetrotters are two games that will never leave the collection. Mm. All right. So is Blackjack better than Viper? Ah, Blackjack better than Viper. Uh, I'm going to go. I, I, will, I will give Blackjack the edge. Ooh. Ding, 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 ding. Correct answer. <laughs> now, that, he didn't say hoops, Ron, so we have a chance to buy his hoops. No, that has gone and left twice what? now, and it's finally back, so it's not leaving again. <laughs> but we love hoops. We love hoops. So don't, so don't we. Well, now, wait a minute. If hoops is so great, how did it leave twice? It was a... The original purchase was with an agreement from the previous owner that he could take it back whenever he wanted. And so that happened. And then it, it's, it's a long, confusing story, but it's, it's back in permanent, permanent hands with us now. Mm. All right. Because every, we, we all love hoops on the, uh, on the slam tilt podcast. Yes, it's, we do. It's it's, uh, it's simple layout, but you shoot both sides and uh, the rules are good. Yes. 
it doesn't have any of the wacky Gottlieb, you know, steal a score or he has a random million for nothing. Even Zach likes it. I mean, what more do I need to say right there? It's going to be one of the six games he likes. Ooh. <laughs> he likes more than six. I mean, he's... Yeah, yeah. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, no. Star Wars. <sighs> he owns, like, what, 50 games. So that's at least 50 he likes, right? He probably owns a couple that he doesn't like. He just owns them. Yeah. <laughs> or he's working on them for somebody else, but yeah. Yeah. Did you know I got to play Star Wars this weekend, Bruce? And the usual reaction, there is none. Yep. That is the right reaction. That is oh, the right no, reaction. not you, too. Oh, man. I, I was, when I first saw it, I was just not, I was like, eh. And then um, Mark bought one for the bar. He had it there for a while, brought it over to the second for a while. And every week there was a group of us. We, we would try to enjoy it. And all we could do is just make fun of it. I just, we couldn't, couldn't enjoy it. It's just not, it's not fun to shoot. It's very Ooh. fun to shoot. Oh, totally wrong. Incorrect answer. No, correct. correct answer. Thank you very much. Uh, of all the Steve Ritchie games, are you going to pick that one to play? Thank you. Uh, I he like Star Wars. I like Star Okay, okay. Star Wars. Is it better than Viper? No. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Viper is correct better answer. than Star Wars. Oh, correct my answer. Goodness. Oh, I had like five billion on it. It was so fun, it's so awesome, Bruce. It's not. Yes, it people is. are telling this. More people every day tell you this, and you still are brain. You've been converted to the dark side. I've been stop con- it. I've been converted, but it's fun. No, it's not. Shot multipliers are awesome. No, they're not. You have four different hot dogs you can go for. You know, Steve Ritchie, master of the hot dog insert. How God. long before stern hot dogs start floating out of play fields? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's terrible. Well, so you, you, do you think the hot dog inserts are just going to fall out of the play fields? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've seen many high speeds where they're in very, very poor shape. Yep. That was Williams. Also a top game. Oh, okay, high speed. Over Star Wars. Uh, but is high speed as good as Viper? Uh, I'll take high speed over Viper. All right. Me too. All right. Let's see. I covered everything here. Do you want to bring anything up, Jim, before we go to um, our other stuff? No, I think that's about it. You can follow the Sanctum on uh, Facebook. Yeah. uh, The Sanctum on Facebook or our website uh, to the sanctum.org. Go there. You won't regret it. You will not. Yes. Yeah, come visit. We're every Monday. Uh, and we'll, oh, our Christmas party um, is coming up uh, December, let's see, two weeks from tomorrow. So what's that? Uh, December 17th is yes. our Christmas party. So come down, have fun. Um, everybody will be in good spirits. It's, a, it's usually a good time. And we'll have a little tournament going, too, for anybody that wants. So if I'm a newbie and I come down, like, on a random Monday – how much is the uh, – is it $10? We ask for a $10 donation to come in. Um, if we're doing one of our knockout tournaments, we don't charge any entry for the uh, knockout tournaments. And uh, I give a plaque away to the winner. And uh, sometimes we have different companies that uh, give us little stuff to give away as random prizes for people. So go to the Sanctum. Where, where's the address of the Sanctum? Uh, it's 290 Pratt Street. 
in Meriden, Connecticut, and that is the east entrance, and we're on the second floor. It's a little confusing to get to the place. Uh, yes, you just park in the main lot. You go through the door that's like right, it's, it's like by where the, the voting docks are in the corner, and there's signs right there that say like to the sanctum. Follow the arrows. Yep, and it's an interesting building, some of the other things that are in there. I think you could probably film like some kind of horror movie in there. There's definitely, the third floor is, uh, is much creepier. Yeah, it is creepy. <laughs> All right. So, Bruce. Yes. Did you know Beatles have been arriving? Yes, they have. Jim, do you know that Beatles have been arriving? I've seen. Are any Beatles coming to the Sanctum? There is talks of a Beatles coming to the Sanctum. Ooh. All right. You heard it here, folks. So we had a, a Beatles that arrived in Syracuse at a place I don't remember the name of. Hopefully you do. Trappers. Trappers. Trappers Pizza. Trappers Pizza. So I was in town this weekend. So uh, League Syracuse uh, was Western New York League night was Saturday. <gasps> yes, it was. Which is at Eric Russell, one of the Russells, house in Syracuse. So it was uh, me, Zach, and uh, Ashley. Remember Ashley? We mentioned her before. We went to Trappers, and we played some Beatles. So uh, have you played Beatles yet, Bruce? No, I have not. Have you played Beatles yet, Jim? I have not. I'm curious on your take. All right. Um, well, first, uh, it was very floaty because they, they, they just didn't, they didn't have it up at all, unfortunately. And the tilt, like if you hit the flipper buttons too hard, it would like tilt you. <sighs> so I, I did, but forget all that. Um, the gold, this is, it was a gold. The trim looks really nice. It's like, like sparkly gold all around. The, the artwork is excellent. I mean, it looks, it looks really, really good. Sorry, Gotta Bruce. love that teal. The teal looks Gotta good. Love that teal, yeah. The, 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 the teal looks it. good, and for you know a, a Beatles fan, they, they they got everything right. The kind of things they would look at, like on the on the back glass, they're they're standing in the right position. You now you have Paul standing next to George in the right position, and you have you know John over by himself, and then Ringo's in the back on the drum riser, etc. These are things that a, a Beatle fanatic would probably you know demand be correct. Uh, it's got a lot of nice little touches on the on the play field. There's like a record player that has a label on it. This is like M M Kubin, like the original designer's name of a Sea Witch, yeah. is on there. Um, the the speakers have like knobs on them, and they say you know Vox V O X. So there's a lot a lot of little touches. They they did like the the spinners, the optic spinners. They got little LED little things on top of them with a uh, text on them and just, it, it looks, it looks awesome. And the rules, I mean, it's very simplistic. The each, um, each different mode is like a song and they all have different things to do. Uh, I can't remember every one. They're like one is for pop bumpers. One is for loops. One is for drop targets. One is like a two ball multi ball. And I think the other one is spinners. Did I say spinners already? I don't think I did. So I think those are the five modes. And it does do a thing like you can choose your mode at the beginning of the ball. 
you can't choose the the two ball multi ball one unless you're on if you're on ball three it looks like it lets you choose it so it kind of gives you like you'll play at least one multi ball type deal i don't know if that's a setting or not or you could change that but that's how that was set up that east rules yeah basically um the like all the shots that you had trouble making on sea witch are now easy or easier like from the lower right flipper you can actually hit a loop around the loop you can fit it in there uh, with the upper right flipper you can loop like crazy like i mean like no fear type just over and over and over and the mode that's the loop mode is uh drive my car so every time you go around the loop it says beep 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 it's very very catchy uh, very very nice touch there i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot um zach even liked it <gasps> yes you heard it here so uh i believe ashley liked it too so those were my impressions i mean it looks great now whether it's uh, how much does it cost it's like a premium price dollars for the gold yes yep hmm no no see the thing is though uh, a lot of your pin side arguments too have been like they should charge it at, at the most they should charge like a a pro price for it or no they should like charge less than a pro price because you know it's a stripped down doesn't have ramps etc right so i'll ask this question how many mechs does deadpool have and by mech i mean anything with a solenoid will include magnets we won't include like the 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 um launcher and the um and the uh the trough launcher into the shooter lane cuz mm-hmm. the all the games have that so what what do we have on deadpool you have two flippers two slings you have three pop bumpers so what do we have? Seven. You have yes. what else? You have the scoop. Three motor bank. Yeah. Okay. So that's, okay, we're up to nine. You have a magnet behind the three bank. Okay, ten. And isn't there some kind of diverter, like the or a thing that puts it off mm-hmm. of the sword? Like if it's on the sword, it'll come off the sword. Well, you probably uh, you have what the like the Lord of the Rings, just the the post. Yeah. Okay. The ball, so right? that's that's eleven. Anymore um, is the is the Deadpool character is he controlled by anything or is it just a springs? Just springs. Just a spring. Yeah. Um, so we'll I just it a dozen we'll, times, but that's all I can think of. All right, so we'll go with eleven. How many mechs does the Beatles have? You have four flippers, three pop uppers. One, two, three. Three target banks. We're up to 10. You have a magnet at the top, 11. You have a magnet and spinner. We'll count that as one if you want. That's another one. Is there any mechs with the uh, behind the left targets there? Because that diverts down. No, it's not. It's just you just hit the targets down and you hit the target and it just falls down. Does it come down to the left flipper? Yep. Through the lane? Yep. Okay. It comes right through the in lane underneath the plastic, which is interesting. So so basically, it has the same amount of max. Actually, I think it has more max than Deadpool. But no ramp. But no ramp. Okay. But I think the, the argument that continually is like it's so cheap to make, but it's it's really yeah. not. But is it eight thousand dollars worth? I don't think it is. 
No, you're you're, you're paying for a license yes. and uh, a limited. Even though, well, the golds are limited too, but it's not a it's not an open ended like a pro. No, but I mean, I enjoy playing it. And uh, there was another Beatles I knew of that arrived at the world famous Rock Fantasy. Yeah, Rock Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So it actually arrived at Tapped, which is the bar that's next to Rock Fantasy. And that was um, actually streamed Saturday night by the Pinball Princess Steph on her Twitch stream, which is uh, twitch.tv slash pinballprincess. That one, definitely, they had jacked up a little more, as you could tell, play faster. It was definitely playing better than the one we got to play. Thanks, Steph, for playing my game and putting it on the, 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 the internet. Okay, Bruce. Uh, you're just not going to let it go, are you? Um, and, I mean, it was it was cool that they were just getting random people at tapped, you, like non-pinheads. They're just putting credits on it and saying, come on up and play. You know, and, and if they didn't know what they were doing, like, you know, Steph was showing people, you know, what, what they should be doing. It was cool. It was a cool stream. I would uh, check it out. If you want to see, if you want to see some Beatles, and you could hear it, because they, they had a band playing earlier, but when the band was done, that's that's why the, the stream didn't actually start to like ten thirty at night, so it went to like one in the morning. But there was a ton of Beatles action there. We were rocking the Beatles, yes we were. See what I got to put up with, Jim? I I I hear it. Yeah, yeah. So going to Beatles, how how do the uh, the new spinners with the Optos feel? Do they spin more? Uh, I'd say yes. Okay. They, they, they spin more. Now, how reliable the optos will be and whether you know you have any issues, who knows. But, how fast they can detect those hits. Yeah, yeah. or if they... And we know how good stern optos are. Oh. <laughs> but the, the cool thing is some of the little tweaks in the design. So now you, you can loop either way. You can actually loop with the left flipper. You can hit the right spinner and loop around with the right lower flipper you can actually loop it around and of course with the upper right flipper you can do continuous loops the little the the spinner on the left is in a position where you can actually you can hit it from the lower right flipper but you can actually hit it from the upper right flipper too if you if you hit it earlier enough and do like a little mini loop around that which was cool it did seem to consistently work so that, that was i mean Two spinners, I mean, in a repeatable loop shot, I was already sold. Just like Maiden. Yeah, pretty much. Just the, the, the play field, it just, it, I mean, of course it feels great to play. It's Sea Witch. It's, it's Sea Witch with any little issues with it basically kind of fixed. With some additions, like the super jackpot shot is cool, where you hit the drop targets down on the left and the left bank and you hit the, the stand up. And then it just falls right down underneath the plastic to the left in lane. What's the magnet up top used for? The magnet up top is like your mode start. So if you if you are done with it, if you're done with a mode, like you finish your mode, it'll start playing um, Taxman. Taxman is kind of like the I'm not in a mode song. Okay. And to start a mode, you have to hit the 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 center bank and the lower left bank, which spells Fab Four. Okay. And then it'll the flasher on the top will start flashing like crazy. So if you hit the loop, the magnet will stop it dead, and the mode will start. 
Yeah, that's cool. So that's your mode start. It also is, if you're like in the pop bumper mode, when you hit a loop, instead of coming all the way around, the magnet will stop it, and it'll go into the pop bumpers. Okay. And if you start the multi-ball, if you do it right, like the, the one ball will stop in the magnet. If you hit the other ball up there, it'll stop in the magnet, and then it'll release both of them into the pop bumpers, and multi-ball starts. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it seems like a nice addition. So, Bruce, any Beatles coming to the uh, Silver Ball Saloon? Uh, no. Bummer. Oh, well. I'm going to buy a Translate and just put it in my sea witch. It will be good. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He would, too, folks. Um, we had more code. We had yes. KISS code. 1.4. 1.4. Man, it looks like a lot of shit's changed. The cities. Everyone wanted the cities <laughs> to do something. You know what You know what happened to the cities, Bruce? Mm-hmm. They're gone. They, they're gone. They don't mean anything like that. They just stay at... They're gone. Isn't that great? Yep. What did people say before? It was supposed to say it was changing the callouts? Yeah, it, that's all it does. Yeah, if you pick, yeah. you know, New York. Hey, New York! Yeah! Hey, Chicago! Yeah! Whatever. That's all it was for. But they made the mistake of putting it in the game. So everyone thought they had to do something. I don't think there was ever a plan for them to do anything. So they just had enough, and they just said, screw it. We'll just take them out. So they did. Should have done that a long time ago. Mm. Yeah. And they've also done some stuff with multipliers, because we love multipliers. Number one, I think they made it easier to get, because what is it? I'm a little foggy on my KISS code. You have to go through two songs to get the first playfield multiplier. Is that it? Like the 2X? There's like, what, 2X, Uh, 3X, and then Colossal? Yeah, we got rid of ours before we ever got one of the massive updates that even implemented any of that stuff. All right, so they made it so now you only got to complete one song, and you get the the first, the 2X. But they they made everything so, like, it all adds up. So if you're in, like, 2X play field, and you start, like, say, um, what's the Demon Multiball, so you get, during Demon Multiball, you get a ball in Gene's mouth, doubling everything. That's an addition to the playfield doubler. And then if you get double scoring, however that's done, that's another doubler. 2x, it's 2x, it's 2x. You get the idea. So they put that stuff in there. And I guess Love Gun Multiball has really changed quite a bit. Just just from looking at some of the release notes. Was that in the Star Child playfield? Yep. Or the um, Cairo Swordsman playfield. <laughs> you want to go from IJ4 because that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, so that's Kiss. So Sanctum had the Kiss, but not for long. Uh, we had it almost a year, I think. I think we got rid of Kiss and traded it in and got... Um, yeah, what's there? Uh, we traded it in for another Stern. So how many, how many of the newer Sterns do you have? Uh, we have Iron Maiden, X-Men, Tron... Uh, 24. I think, do we have any other new stands? Elvis. Well, I have Elvis. He's not at the Sanctum right now. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's about, uh, yeah, we don't have too, too many, but I, I, I enjoy them, but I just, uh, I can't stand a lineup that's very heavy on them. Yeah. So, and your, I think your X-Men, you have Wolverine removed. Uh, yeah, captive ball and a small little toy above it or something. Captive ball mod. Yeah. 
I thoroughly enjoy X-Men. Uh, I need to learn to play it better because I don't know how to play it well enough. And people keep picking it against me because they know I don't know it very well. <laughs> it's it's kind of gotten out there now, so now I just get taken to X-Men over and over. Um, you have to spend some time on it. Yeah, I have to spend some time on it. But I don't know where I'd play it other than the Sanctum. I guess I'll just have to go to the Sanctum. I mean, it's only two hours, right? Yeah. You come to the Christmas party. I could do that. It's only a weeknight. You don't have to work the next day, right? <laughs> what, when is that again? Let's see. 17th. 17th. Uh, oh, it's Monday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only problem with that, yeah. Because I do have to go to work the next day. And if I went to something like that, I'd probably stay late knowing me, and then I'd be screwed. I'd just be really tired, I guess. But hell, I play in the 24-hour, right? So Can't be any more tired than yeah, that. Yeah, I can't be more tired than that. All right. Uh, there wasn't that much news, honestly. There was uh, There's a piece of news I have. Ooh, okay. Hugh Hefner's Playboy Pinball Machine went for auction this week. What do you think it went for at auction? It was in 1978. Okay, so this is the Bally one. Yes, it is. Uh, $10,000. And Jim? I'm going to say twenty. Ten thousand. it was. Uh, yes! Yes, I guessed something. Uh, are people high? Yes. I mean, why? I've definitely seen people spend a few grand on that game, which I don't understand. Yeah, me neither. It's one of the crappier ballys, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I don't mind it, but it's not... Is it better or worse than Viper? Worse. It's worse than Viper. How, how about Kiss? Like, Bally Kiss. Better or worse than Viper? Oh, Bally Kiss is worse than Viper. Really? I don't like that game at all. Hmm. Uh, is it better or worse than Playboy? Oh, Playboy? I, I play Playboy over Kiss. Really? See, I would take yeah, yeah. Kiss. I would take Kiss over Playboy. It's two tight spinner shots, and that's all you're shooting for to try to get the middle lane up top. Uh, but there's drop targets. There's also the stand-ups on the right to get your multiplier. Are you ever actually shooting for those, or just accidentally collecting those along the way of missing? Accidentally the collecting them. Oh. <laughs> Uh, most most ballets I play when I hit them it doesn't register anyway. But I mean, <laughs> but but like Playboy, it's like okay, hit the bunnies, the the center bunny, the the one that's the target. Pray it registers because half the time it won't, and then you just hit the grotto like repeatedly. It's so boring, yeah. so boring. But, I don't know. It, when you're playing Kiss, if you're playing it in Pinburg, what are you? What's your strategy going to be? Shoot the spinner, and that's it, right? Try to get in the center lane. Yeah. Well, that's why you're shooting the spinner. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm. You got to remember, I'm very inaccurate, so I may have to like change my strategy. After I miss it two or three times, I might actually have to start shooting other things. I'm just not that accurate. No, you're not. The, those spinners are tight shots, anyways. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So let's see. What else do we have? I'm looking at the news. We have. When will we? Oh, this is from this week in pinball. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. And we're recording on Sunday, so this is actually Tuesday stuff. So if some big breaking news comes out Monday, we're screwed. So we got monsters. When will we see monsters? I've seen a few pictures. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> we might be able to address that. Yeah, it looks like there was a, a leak, a monsters leak. Did, did you see the pictures, Bruce? Yep. 
Yeah, I, I saw them on. It, it was weird. They were like pictures of someone's cell phone that had the yeah. pictures on them, which was just bizarre. But they were pictures. There was a couple of cabinet pictures which we had already seen. But then there was another picture of the actual flyer. And then there was uh, what, there was one playfield shot close up, and then yeah. there was the full playfield shot. But it was like unpopulated, kind of. Yeah, and really grainy and tough to see anything. Yeah. And I guess the consensus was, man, it looks – oh, they had the, the um, rule card. And it, it, people are saying it seems like it's going to be very similar to uh, Monster Bash. So I, is, is that a bad thing? No, I wouldn't say so. No. Yeah, me neither. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and according to this, it it, it was interviewing uh, Butch Patrick, who was the um, was he, he was the little kid in the show. I never watched the show, so Eddie Eddie Munster. Oh, he's Eddie Munster. Okay, and he was saying they were going to unveil it in March, which seems a long way out. I don't know. What do you think, Bruce? You think that's actually going to happen, or you think it's going to be unveiled before then? I think we're going to get surprised again. I think after the Beatles run, we're going to get us a, a uh, what did they do the old ones back again? A vault edition again. All right. I think we're going to get a vault to keep the run, the line running, and I think we're going to get it like in February. We'll know more about Munsters. So what are they going to run as a vault? I don't know yet, but I've I've heard grumblings. Hmm. Uh, care to elucidate or no? No, I don't know a game, but I've heard just the vault. All right. They keep the line running. Interesting. So you heard it here first, folks, on the Slam Till <laughs> podcast. We are predicting again, or Bruce is anyway. A vault coming. Okay. Let's see. Jersey Jack Pinball addresses minor out-of-box issues on Pirates. I haven't heard anything about that. Neither have I. No. Kind of lost interest in that game. Yep. Well, what do you have at, at um, Sanctum? You, you have dialed in. Yep. Is that the only Jersey Jack game? Yeah, we had a, a Hobbit for a little while. Our, our operator loaned us one for a while to try out, and uh, I, I just didn't enjoy it. I don't enjoy that layout. And uh, the, the Beast Max, it, it just seems like a mechanical nightmare to keep on location. So, better or worse than Viper? Uh, I'm going to go worse than Viper. Agree. You heard it here, folks. Viper superior to Hobbit. And once Viper gets the new code update, it's just going to totally take it to the next level. Well, there is a new code update for Viper. I just chose not to put it in. Yeah, you didn't. Why not? Don't you want the spinner to be worth more? <laughs> but the the thing is, it gets out of hand, you know, because it's a, it's a play field multiplier. The spinner maxes out at 160 points. But if you've got 9x play field on there, um, you know, that's... Uh, what is that scene? Nine times one sixty. That's fourteen forty a spin. And if you put the 10, if you put the ten x ROM in there, then you're talking fifteen thousand a spin. Doesn't have the weird thing though with the spinner. Like it just, it's the value is whatever it was when it stopped spinning. Yeah, because so it's spinning it. through. It's scrolling from forty to one sixty. And then as it stops, whatever that value is, when the next time you do a rip on there, that's the, the value of it. So, you know, if you if it's on 160 and you have a 10x with a 9x and you're doing 15,000 a spin, you've seen the spinner on that game. That thing, I don't know how many spins you get a revolution but, or a shot, but it's a lot, you know. It's a stern spinner, so it, it spins, yeah. yeah. I can only imagine, you know, 
you're getting 200 grand to spin. All right. All right. Uh, I, I missed one thing about Beatles. There was another Beatles reveal at Modern yeah. Pinball. Yeah, Jack Danger was there, and they had they had the uh, the Beatles, and it was Jack Danger and Gary Stern was there, and Zach Sharp was there, and Cousin Brucey was there. Yep. And they were all playing Beatles, and he had I believe he had a um direct in like for the sound so you could hear the the music which the funny thing is the first thing i thought of is like oh that that vi- that video on demand that's getting pulled but he oh, actually yeah. said it he actually said at the beginning like they've already got clearances and it's not going to get pulled so it's like okay how were the uh cousin brucey call outs in the game i couldn't hear them in the one i was playing it and that syracuse that was another issue it wasn't up okay. that loud but it, it, the thing i just thought of I'm going to go to the Pinball Princess's uh, Twitch channel and see on the video on demand if perhaps they uh, may have muted out the Beatles at all. I'm just curious. It seems to happen pretty quick, the things. these yeah, days. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. And usually it'll say right on the bottom, it's uh, no. No, no, no. It It does not look like it has been muted out. Interesting. Because I know I put, like, um, the Goofy video I put up saying it was, like, the Primus reveal. And it was, like, me and Zach playing some pre-war game called Fleet Junior. And I I was playing Primus in the background. I got a copyright hit on that immediately. But it's one of those, it wasn't like we're pulling your video. It was more like, it it was more like they, like, you can't monetize this. Like, okay, that's not a problem. I don't monetize any of my videos anyway. Mm-hmm. Then that that's all they did. So it's it's still out there. But the funny thing is I had uploaded a full version of the Fleet Junior stream that we did, and it wasn't even public. I had it as an unlisted link, and it had copyright violation on it. It's like, wow, I didn't even make it public, and it's, it's already getting a hit. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. See, that's all I got for news. I'd like to give a shout-out to Jason Plord, a former guest on the show. He had won a dialed-in T-shirt in a medium size. For those who know Jason, that is not going to fit him. But he uh, thought of me because he knows I own a dialed-in. He knows I'm a little shit that I am. He said, you know, do you want the T-shirt? It's like, are you going to be at league night at Mr. Russell's on this date? Like, sure. Like, bring the shirt. So I got myself a dialed-in T-shirt. Isn't that great, Bruce? Isn't that great? Jim, why don't you explain to Bruce why dialed-in is awesome? I thoroughly enjoy the game, but full disclosure, we are thinking about selling ours. (laughs) Better or worse than Viper? Uh, It's better than Viper. There you go. I guess uh, that's... uh, I lost in one. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good game, but uh, I... I haven't put the new code on. I've got it loaded up. I'm putting it on tomorrow. Um, but as far as playing the game goes, I think you're still going to kind of go the same strategies. Which are bad? What, what's what's no, wrong they're, with... They're no, they're not bad. But I just feel that the rest of the... I'm not really shooting for the theater stuff. You know, or the drone magnet stuff. You know, there's just a... I'm not really shooting for that stuff. Not until you're having a really long game where you've hit that stuff accidentally enough that you happened into those modes. Okay. 
<sighs> oh well. I, I like it. I like the modes. I, I like the layout. Um, I mean, we've we've had ours over a year and a half now. Um, so it's just time to move on to something else. Agree. Well, that's another thing about how how often do you find you cycling games in and out. Like I remember from the the twenty four last year, uh, if you go like on the other side of where the uh, sanctum is, if you walk out like in a hallway, you'll see like the games that didn't make it in either they may be <laughs> yeah. broke or whatever and i remember yeah. seeing nine ball like ooh, nine ball they got a nine ball and then this year when i went over there i said like hey look nine ball it's still there damn it Where, where's nine ball i want nine ball at the sanctum i i just i have a hard time trusting it in competition those those switches just they they act up at the most inopportune times keeping track of the balls I have to agree, actually. Yeah. For, for the more casual weekly league stuff, if something happens, I, I don't sweat it too much. But for for a big tournament like that, I don't want to be dealing with that. It was it, it was suitable if I needed to if I needed a backup game of that era, I would have given it a try um, until we can get the other one back online. But I just wanted to avoid that headache. Any particular games you're looking for? You can you can just say it during a podcast. Yeah, we we have a we have just thousands and thousands of listeners, and someone you know might come forward. You guys are hoarding all the uh, dragon fists. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to all the people who played IFPA, it's the easiest game ever. Anyway, so you, you don't want, want it. There. You, you know, don't want it no. there. That center post, you know, it's just all it's easy. Yeah. Um, no, just uh, classic sterns. I'm I'm working my way trying to get them all. I'm uh, I'm like halfway there, I think. Nice, nice, and you have a stars, so that's that's key. That's key. I right do there. have a stars. Now, yep, and uh, I got a few more at home too that are works in progresses that aren't up there yet. Well, let's just say, just say someone has a classic stern and they just just want to get it off their hands and they want to sell it to you. Where? How can they reach you? Uh, just uh, message me on the Facebook page. Uh, you can find me Jim Sanctum on the Facebook. What happens if I'm uh, not on Facebook? Uh, you can email me at ctpinsanctum at gmail.com. Just trying to help you get that collection together. Uh, that'd be nice. Any any particular ones you really want? Like, you probably want a Quicksilver, I would assume, because everyone wants Quicksilver. I, I may have to build one. Uh, I'm I'm building two Electronomos right now, but I may turn, may just sacrifice one of them to be a, a Quicksilver. All the parts are coming around, so that's true. It's as we saw with Stargazer. It's like if you can't find one, build one. As long as you get the playfields, yep. and supposedly the playfields are coming. Yeah, I think uh, Mirko's doing those pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got to debate whether or not I want to consider Orbiter One having the whole collection or not. Uh, is it is it pinball or is it novelty? Novelty. Uh, well, you could argue. I mean, if you watch Bowen played it, it looks skillful. There's at least one video on YouTube that shows someone who actually figured out how to trap on it. So, you know, I, I, if I don't If you were know. forced to play it in a tournament, how would you feel? I'd be pissed. <laughs> nah, seriously, yeah, I'd, I'd be pissed. Because, yeah. I think it has lock stealing, too, if I recall, technically. If you lock a ball, I think if you complete the bank at the top, I think it starts multi-ball, whether you're the one to lock the ball or not. I think. I I haven't played... I used to play it at Scott's all the time. 
he had. If you do have it, I would say at least get Scott's ROM, which basically turns it into a, a three-ball game instead of the original rules, which are basically like you, you get a, a minimal amount of time or like a, a set like you're going to play at least this long. That's how it, the, the default ROM is. Yeah, I, I play it once a year at, at Pinburg. All right, yeah, play one or two games for fun with a few people, and then uh, that's the extent of it. Yeah, I think that's the, like it's cool the first couple of times you play it, and then it's like, yeah, I wouldn't want to have to play this in actual skill situation. No. No. So, Bruce, what's going on at the Silver Ball Saloon? Uh, it's a pretty quiet night tonight. It was too nice of weather out here. We actually hit 60 degrees in Rochester today. Yeah, it was very weird. So I think everyone got everything together and just uh, did their yard work and trees and everything like that and just didn't want to go out and have fun. We did have, we did have uh, trivia tonight, and I was working on uh, Gamatron again. Ugh. Wait, what's wrong with Gamatron? One of the SCRs, I think, locked on or got all screwed up because all of a sudden I had no sound, which is another issue I just figured out with Zach. And one, and then like half my, a uh, quarter of my uh, lights were locked on, or missing. Went in the track mode, and when so, but they were never before that. So I had, I grabbed another board, swapped it over with the light board, and now it's working. And then uh, all of a sudden, I lost sound. I lost sound when I was in there, and I think when I was moving around, I bumped one of the wires and ripped off the twelve volt voltage lead going into the board so we fixed that and we're up and running again now what does that use for a soundboard it used no it's a it's a mutation of an sp300 it's actually part cpu part soundboard so what they do is actually they move the the cpu to 6800 chip into the soundboard, and then you have a ribbon cable coming from the CPU to the mutated SB300 board. Hmm. And it's really weird. It's it's a hodgepodge. I know a lot of people who can't keep them running, and then they just use an all-tech and uh, a sound with the SB300 board. But we're yeah, not so trying can, to do that. Yeah. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to keep the, uh, the, the mutated board. And it's Zach got it working, and it's been working pretty well. <clears throat> which is good and it's been holding up at the bar pretty good till today any other casualties from the uh the anniversary party uh yeah uh one switch on blackjack that was it i had to adjust the uh saucer hole That's that was it pretty good yeah all right and where's silver ball saloon again at 135 west commercial street in east rochester new york all right so we're gonna we're gonna finish up with the male ball bag here. Oh boy! And we're gonna have Bruce read them all. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's see what we got here. We got this is from Shannon. Hello, Shannon. This is hello, gentlemen. I am sure the appreciation for what you do is pouring in and decided to share my two cents as well. Thank you for all the time put into the Slam Till podcast. I will miss the weekly sharing of real pinball knowledge, interviews, and maintenance repair tips. Any chance you could update your YouTube channel with some updates to your respective game rooms, guys? Ron, your collection is tilted a bit to the classics and um, 
and D oh dialed in. Bruce, any chance to do a walkthrough of the Silver Ball Saloon given your anniversary? I know more work. Thanks for all you do, Shannon. Well, Shannon, you're in luck. Because guess what I did today? I filmed the Silver Ball Saloon. With Bruce as your horse sounding guide. Yep. Yeah. I uh, got the whole the whole building. That will be uploaded. Actually, by the time this airs, that will be already on our YouTube channel. So just go to YouTube, look for Slam Till Podcast, and then we also have. Uh, I'll be. I'll just do another one of my game room. You'll get to see all the games that aren't ready yet, or the ones that are apart. But yeah. I'll, I'll hopefully have both of those up there before I actually before this episode is released. So they should be there for you. So enjoy. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Then we have, this is from uh, Greg. Hi, Greg. The subject line of Cosmic Princess Fixed. Says, good day, fellas. Uh, Australian, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. Yes. I am very sad to hear you are putting the cue in the rack. I like that. The cue in the rack. I got to remember that. One. I totally understand and accept your decision. It is a huge amount of work and Ron's passion has gone. Wow. Well, it's not totally gone. No, it's gone. I had somebody else comment about how you don't want to help out other people in the in your own area, but you complained that there's no pinball in Albany. What? Somebody said that you were, you know, you were complaining that I don't want to be helping people out and I want don't want people to know that I work on pinball or I can work on pinball. But you don't want to grow the hobby in Albany. You want it, you, you, you say there's no pinball in Albany. You need to be the leader. When did I say that? Was that the last episode? Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. I think I said that myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I'll, I'll tell you, I am – the league I am in, I am a, I am a terrible league player. League, well, I've offered my game room, but that's kind of falling on deaf ears. But I, I really should be more um, – what's the A word? leader. And helping people out in the league and stuff like that, because uh, I, I suck. That's that's what it boils down to. Start your own league. Eh, it's not even that. It's like, like if you watch the Beatles stream with um, Steph, she's like helping people out, playing the game and all that. I would probably probably stand there like an idiot. <laughs> I suck, folks. You heard it here. Oh, let me continue. You are my favorite podcast, except Ron. I don't listen to the others. You are a huge part of the field from the early solid state onwards, tournament, pinball, repairs. You do great interviews with industry and players, and I love the chemistry between you two. Except when Bruce is yelling at me. He's so mean. If you do more shows, by all means, make them shorter if that helps. E.g., you don't have to entertain me with face-off segments, etc. Maybe trying to... Wait a minute. Maybe bring in the odd EM experts so we can pick up their passion and tips for collecting and repairing. Who do you think the odd EM expert is? Zachariah. You think that's Zach? Yeah. Well, it's only, it can only be one of two people. Or it could be uh, Nick. Nick. It's got to be Zach or Nick. So that's fun. I'm trying to think of which one that is. Hey, Greg, when you, uh, email us back and tell us who you're talking about there. <laughs> I, I'm just curious. Thanks for all the great times. Driving in my car won't be the same without you two alongside me. P.S. I found the Switch 
issue with my Cosmic Princess, the left spinner that was firing the right slingshot. I cut off all the caps, replaced the diodes and the switch column, checked, checked continuity for a short, checked the connectors. None of this helped. Then I noticed that if I touched the spinner switch without closing it and registering a switch hit, the right slingshot would still fire. Turns out a previous owner had put a bolt through the spinner post and secured it under the playfield on the drop target assembly. There was continuity from the switch up the spinner and down the post. The spinner switch was shorting on the drop target assembly. PPS, I think I might replace the bulb holders on my CP, Cosmic Princess. If you are going to do the whole lot, what is the te technique you would use to get through as quickly as possible? And what do you do about the bulb holders attached to a plate, e.g. the big target bank in 9-ball? I have a few that are dodgy and don't know what to do about them. Cheers, Greg. Bulb holder. Oh, he probably means the sockets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get, do the, the, get the kit. Yeah, throw the plates away. Yeah. Oh. Well, he's got a Cosmic Princess, so he doesn't really have an option. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, he it, should uh, talk to the guy who makes those. I bet he'd be open to uh, working out trying to make it. Yeah, just uh, if you search, just search the Google for like, and I, sh I should have the um, site because I freaking ordered one, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. But he sells, he sells big game, and there was another one he sells too. Oh, nine ball. He sells big game and nine ball plates. So just just look that up in Google. You'll find them. It's it it's pretty easy. Maybe just get in touch with him and see if he'll do a Cosmic Princess. Who knows? Pinballreplacementparts.com. Thank you. Our guests are more prepared than the hosts. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and what you can also do, it depends if, if I don't know what the light matrix looks like on there, but if it's a deal where they're far enough apart, the inserts, you may be able to just get rid of the plate and replace them with regular sockets. Maybe not, but... Like on my Dragon Fist, they're too close together, so I'm kind of screwed. But like on Cheetah, it uses a light board, and I was able to just get rid of it and just put individual sockets in so I never have to worry about that again. So what technique would you use to get through it as quickly as possible? Hmm. It's going to be painful any way you do it. Yep. I don't know of any quick way. You're going to have to desolder the old ones, get them out. You're going to have to wear like the ground braid solders on to the tab or the you know where it screws in you're going to have to rough that up a bit so the solder will stick you know some people use sandpaper you can use a metal file it's just going to be very tedious pain in the ass work yep. but the benefit is your sockets will work as long as you own the game after that I agree so thank you greg then we have one that just came in see which versus stars who do you think this is from Steph. The pinball princess, that is correct. So Steph says, Dear Ron and Bruce, slowly but surely I'm catching up on the podcast. I'm trying to pace myself to listen quickly enough so that I actually catch up, but not so quickly as I stop enjoying things. It's like savoring a fine wine, where one does not just gulp down a fancy vintage, but consumes it slowly, enjoying the fine notes of quick wit, good banter, and the indescribable hint of Bruceism. Yeah. Lots of Bruceisms. Or maybe this is just cheap wine and I am really bad at holding my liquor in large doses. I don't know. I didn't come here to write metaphors. I'm actually writing in response to something said long, long ago in Epson episode 109 with Ryan C. In the episode, you guys had to choose between Sea Witch and Stars. 
One of the anti-sewage arguments was the loop geometry is flawed because the loop is not repeatable. I agree with Ron that the loop is repeatable, though it is somewhat difficult, at least at my skill level. However, I must also agree that Seawitch has quirky loop geometry, at least on my copy. It is knee impossible to complete the loop or even get the ball halfway up the thing from the upper left flipper, which that's the thing you can do in Beatles, by the way. I have seen copies where the loop is inexplicably makeable from the lower left flipper. On one specific copy, any flipper can make the loop. It makes no damn sense, and I need to get mine to do that. But for mine, it dies just after the shooter lane cover rail, which I suspect steals all of the momentum from the ball. I will grant that this could very well be operator error on my part, as I have pretty much no idea what I'm doing most of the time. As a critique for stars, since Bruce said he's heard none, the placement of the lower stars irks me a bit, in particular the lower left star. I find it awkward to hit. Of course, any qualms one might have with the geometry of stars is hard to distinguish from the small fact that the game is mercilessly brutal, and no matter what you're doing, you're a dead man walking. Looking forward to how this whole this or that pans out regardless, the sea witch geek in me just needed to rant for a bit. Wishing a happy anniversary, question mark, birthday, question mark, to the Silver Ball Saloon. Player 31915. Thank you, Steph. That empties out the mail ball bag. Oh. <laughs> and B and I hear my echo. That means Bruce is back on his shitty cell phone. No, not on my cell phone. Well, what are you on? I'm on my headset. How come I can keep hearing myself, though? Because you're so magnetic and so boisterous. Okay. I'm magnetic and boisterous. Yes. Everyone loves to be next to you. Hmm. Okay. I'm not as magnetic and boisterous as Kiss, obviously. I was looking at some of the crap they're charging for their final tour. Like, you could buy a guitar from Gene Simmons, Bruce, that was used in concert. Did you know that? Uh, yeah. Like, every time. Did you know that, Bruce? I did know that, Gene. Thank you for telling me. How much are you charging me? Well, the price fluctuates depending on what song I played it on. Uh, yeah, what song? And, and whether or not it was the one I spit fire, and if any blood gets on the guitar, it's, it costs more. Wow. I'm not making this up, by the way. I know you're not. Are you a greedy <laughs> son of a bitch, Gene? Yeah, we're talking like, you know, one was like $21,000 for the guitar. Well, no, that was the, sorry, that was the Paul Stanley one. Uh, the Gene ones were actually cheaper for whatever reason, but at least it is it is the hatchet base thing. You know, his one that looks like a hatchet or whatever. Yes, the axe. The axe, sorry. Yes, the axe. How could I not get that right, Bruce? I'm sorry. Will you be watching our Fail World Tour? It's only like our third or fourth one. And it's I think you're into now year two of the Farewell Tour yeah, you're going to have. Yeah, I think it's like a two-year Farewell Tour. <laughs> Plus they're using backing tracks because they can't sing anymore. No, they're terrible. Yeah. Their most famous album, their live album, is not even live. I still don't understand what you ever saw in Kiss, Bruce. I don't get you it. You have a lot of hate. Yes. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't either. Oh, so, so okay, the band Kiss, better or worse than Viper? Worse. Or, wait, the band Kiss is, yeah, worse than Viper. They're worse than Viper. There you go. <laughs> They're not even the same. It doesn't matter. They're worse than Viper. Viper is better than Kiss. I'd rather play Viper than see Kiss. <laughs> oh, yes. <Wow. laughs> oh, my God, Jim. Is, uh, oh, what's the matter with you? Don't you know Kiss is the most entertaining band in the universe? Oh, sure, sure. Keep telling yourself that. (laughs) Yeah, if I want to see clowns, Bruce, I can go to the circus. 
Well, that's up to you. I mean, they look old now with the makeup on. That's when you know it's time to stop. Okay, we stress poor Bruce's voice enough. Yes, you have. Yes. You bastards. Uh, uh, I'd like to thank Jim. Thank you, Jim. Jim Swain for coming on. Thanks for having me. Go Sanctum. Again, where is the Sanctum? 290 Pratt Street, Meriden, Connecticut. Go there Mondays. Check their Facebook page to make sure they're open, but they're open most Mondays. Go to the Sanctum and the Silver Ball Saloon, which is located at what, Bruce? 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester, New York. Come on down. we got 26 pinball machines, bowling, pool, foosball, video games, and good food. Ron had a burger today. Yep. I didn't have it at where I play league. I had it at Bruce's because it is so much better. Thank you. So, again, thanks to all our friends of the show. We have, um, well, Isaac. We have the um, Riptide Pinball Podcast, which came out with their latest episode. So we have Pinball Profile, Jeff Teolis, Pinball Players Podcast. We have Mrs. Pin. We have Fun with Bonus. Hi, Steve. We have um, This Week in Pinball. Did I miss anyone? Am I good? No. Jeff Teolis. Oh, Mrs. Mrs. Pin. I said Mrs. Pin. Okay, we'll make sure. I didn't hear it. You, you didn't hear it when I just did. Did you hear me say it? Oh, he totally said it. Yeah. Okay. Did you have me on mute? Maybe. Yeah, so Both you, ways. So you mute me audio, too, so you can't hear me. Yes. Okay. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, friends of the show, we have Joe Newhart of Pinball Star Amusements. Go to him for all your non-stern pinball purchasing needs. And we have Flipper Fidelity, Mike Poopal. Use his sound systems in your games. He's also a Stern distributor. Thanks, everyone. This has been episode 119, The Third Flash. Say goodbye, Bruce. Goodbye, Mark Smith. 